Good morning. Today is Wednesday, November 4th, 2020. I remember very clearly the moment 25 years ago today on the English calendar. It was Shabbos. Shabbos was just about to end. I was in shul, our former community in New Haven. We had just finished Shalshudas. And we were walking back into the shul for Mariv. One of our members rushed into shul and he said that uh, Prime Minister Yitzchak Rabin had been assassinated. I will never forget that moment. Today is the 25th anniversary of that terrible tragedy. Dr. Yossi Klausner gave an interview this week. It's the first time that he has spoken about this publicly. He was the head of surgery at Ichilov Hospital, where Rabin was taken. And he said, the more time that passes, the force of that loss for me only gets stronger. Those are moments that will stay with me throughout my life. He talked about that night. <laughs> he got a phone call at about 10 p.m. Israel time. He rushed to the hospital, to the operating room. He said there were desperate attempts to resuscitate the prime minister. And for a few minutes, it appeared on the monitor as if there was a sign of life, but it was artificial. It was due to the efforts to try to revive him. And by 11 p.m., 11.07 p.m., it was clear that there was no chance to save him, but they continued to try no one who understood it had the guts to declare that he had died. So he said, I had to stand up and tell everybody that I'm very sorry, but we have to announce his death because we had exhausted all our best efforts. I thanked them. It was a terrible moment. I will never forget it. I saw people, surgeons, anesthetists, people from intensive care, collapsing on the floor. I have never seen anything like it. People lying on the floor of the operating room crying. I've never seen it before or since. The surgeon said that even if it had happened today with all of the advances in technology and medicine, it would have been impossible to save Rabin's life. Even if Rabin had a medical team with him when it happened, which, by the way, became the practice after that and continues to be the practice today, even if that had been the case, it would have been impossible to save his life. 
with the kind of damage he had sustained, he didn't have a chance. A few days after Rabin was killed, Rav Aaron Lichtenstein spoke in his yeshiva in Israel and he expressed as only he could the essence of that tragedy. So he said, first of all, there are many reasons to cry and to mourn. First, he said, we must not lose sight of the personal aspect, the family's loss. Even when there is a national public aspect, the first and most immediate loss is suffered by those closest to the deceased. Then he said, in paying tribute to Rabin, it is rare to find someone with such a level of leadership, the combination of military background and over 20 years of political statesmanship and the ability to lead and inspire confidence, to steer a course in turbulent and dangerous waters towards a shore whose safety is itself questionable. All of that is remarkable. Now keep in mind, of course, the political context that Rabin had devoted his life and probably gave his life for the cause of trying to promote peace between the Israelis and the Palestinians based on a project of land for peace. And that was and remains a highly controversial subject. Rav Lichtenstein disagreed with that policy and identified with the settlers of Yehuda and Shomron who feel so strongly to hold on to every inch of Eretz Yisrael. But then Rav Aaron said something very surprising. He said there is a special source of worry for those to whom the settlement of Yehuda and Shomron is important. Now, that's paradoxical because Rabin's fiercest opposition came from this group. But he said that in the subject of the peace process and trading land for peace, there are two issues. One is what is given back and the other is how it is given back. And he said, even though he disagreed with Rabin's policy, he said, Rabin was the proponent of this policy as a necessary compromise with pain, with real feeling for the nature of the loss, more than anyone else involved in the process. It's an amazing statement for Rav Lichtenstein to be able to say about a political opponent to at least recognize the values that Rabin shared with those who opposed 
his policy, notwithstanding their difference of opinion, but sharing the pain and the difficulty to have to even consider relinquishing part of Eretz Yisrael. And then Ravarin went further and he said as follows. He said, all of that would be true even if he died naturally. But the circumstances of his cold-blooded murder are a source of great pain and distress. He talked about visiting Rav Aaron Lichtenstein, I'm sorry, Rav Aaron Soloveitchik, a blessed memory. Now, Rav Aaron Soloveitchik was strongly and publicly opposed to everything that Rabin stood for. And when he went to visit Rav Aaron Soloveitchik, Rav Aaron kept repeating over and over a badge of shame a badge of shame. This shame that our state, our people, should have fallen to such a level, that shame should be felt by everyone, religious, secular, right and left, for to the extent that we feel any sense of unity within Am Yisrael, the Jewish nation, to the extent that we feel like a single body, then the entire body should feel shamed and pained, no matter which limb is responsible for this tragedy. We should feel deep shame that this method of supposedly solving conflicts has become part of our culture. And then he said something even more starkly. He said that the shame should be felt by our camp, he said, the Datitzioni, the religious Zionist camp, more than any other. Because he said about this assassin, here is a man who grew up in the best of our institutions. A day before the murder, he could have been cited as a shining example of success and achievement, a source of communal pride. It would be a natural tendency to say that he is an aberration, that he does not represent us. But Ravaran said, but if a day before the murder we would have said proudly, see what we have produced, we must say it now as well, in shame, see what we have produced. It is indefensible that one who is willing to take credit when the sun is shining should shrug off responsibility when it begins to rain. Let us face our responsibility. I want you to hear, I want to hear and internalize the brutal honesty of Rav Aaron Lichtenstein in realizing the shared responsibility 
that made this possible. Ravaran said that in 1978, Shimon Perez visited his yeshiva. And he asked Rav Aaron, what is the political credo of your yeshiva? And Rav Aaron said to him, we do not have a political credo, but we teach three things. Even when studying Torah, we have a responsibility to the community. When addressing the community's problems, we must think deeply and not simplistically. And even when we do what we have decided is right, we have to know how to respect other opinions and the people that hold them. And that message is more needed today than ever before. Finally, I just want to share the words of President Rivlin, who spoke at a memorial just a few days ago. He said, it pains me that the country today is divided like the Red Sea and hatred bubbles up beneath our feet. It cannot be that signs calling for the death of citizens are on display. It cannot be that journalists live under threat. It cannot be that citizens beat other citizens. It cannot be that police face severe verbal assault. And it cannot be that someone will consider that the assassination of a prime minister, president, or member of Knesset is even a possibility. It cannot be that we permit the next possible murder, even the slightest possibility, by what we say or what we fail to say, by looking or failing to look, by actions or by in actions. This day should be a day of fierce honesty in facing our shortcomings, refusing to deny or shift blame, and committing ourselves to never letting it happen again. My friends, it's a heavy day. I wish you all well. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person. And I hope that all of us can commit to living up to the challenge, Rabin's assassination and Rivlin's exhortation places before us. Have a good day.